And where there's more overlap, I was, I was focusing more on the overlap and spending time there more. And what that led to was what I would call the last part, the third part is work-life harmony. Hi, I'm Mai, and this is Heart to Heart with Mai, a podcast where conversations straight from the heart is what it's all about. You're listening to episode four of Heart to Heart with Mai. In this episode, I had the honor of having a conversation with Mr. Tam Nguyen, an award-winning entrepreneur and community leader in Southern California who has appeared on CNN, Fox, BBS, BBC, CBS, ABC, NBC, just to name a few stations, various podcasts, documentaries, and numerous Vietnamese media. Tam is the president and co-owner of Advanced Beauty College, which grew from a family business to now an award-winning nationally known beauty college where more than 40,000 have graduated from and many becoming successful business owners and influencers. Besides previously serving as an educator at the Beauty College, he also currently teaches as a faculty member at Cal State Fullerton's College of Business and Economics. He has a deep belief that beauty changes lives and knowledge is power and has dedicated his professional career to the Advanced Beauty College mission of inspire, educate, and give back. Aside from his business, in the community, Tam serves on the advisory board for U.S. Bank Orange County, Orange County United Way, and Cal State Fullerton Philanthropic Board of Governors. However, after talking to Tam, as you will hear, I can feel that despite all his business achievements and success, his pride and passion really lie in his role at that he play as a family man, a loving son, brother, supportive husband, and loving father of three. So I hope that you enjoy the conversation and remember to stay till the end for my five minutes recap of lessons learned from the conversation and also a special announcement. Enjoy. Welcome, Tam, to the Heart to Heart with Mai. You can come on and say hello to everyone. <laughs> Hello, hello. Uh, thank you, Mai. It's an honor to be your guest. And hello to your audience uh, viewing today. Thank you so much. How's your day been? Busy? Yeah, it's been uh, a busy day. It's, uh, it's like the last day. It's Friday, and it's the, like the last day of the year before a lot of people are taking two weeks off for, for the, for the two-week holidays, right, for Christmas. So, um, yeah. So just honor to be here, though. Looking forward to this. <laughs> Yes, for sure. So I know as a busy entrepreneur, um, you know, I'm sure there's so many things that uh, we have to prepare for. But for me, when I kind of follow you on Facebook and see all the different things that you're doing out there, whether it's giving back to the community or spending time with your family, I'm just really amazed that you have all that energy and that time to be able to do so much. Do you, do you, um, do you have anything in terms of your a morning routine? This, is, this wasn't even part of some things that I asked, but I, I just see how busy you are. I'm just curious, do you have something that power you up right in the morning? As you, as you yeah, get going. Yeah, no, first, first and foremost, I would say Facebook and social media obviously shows the shows when I'm most energetic and the, all the fun <laughs> events. It doesn't show me when I'm 
totally tired and knocked out at the end of the day or like, oh my gosh, my kids are being grouchy that day. I don't get a, I don't post that picture of them, you know, crying and being grouchy. So, yeah. so that's just one lens. And, and I think it's important to put it in perspective, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't, I, I don't have a, well, I would say in terms of morning routine and specifically to your ask, uh, my morning routine is pretty regular in terms of, um, I, I, I've become, I used to be a, a, a late night owl person mm. when I was in school and college as a student. I've become quite a morning person. I don't need an alarm to wake up anymore. I wake up automatically uh, about 5 a.m. every day. Uh, um, so I, I, um, I am the earliest riser out of my family of five. Um, my morning routine includes just me um, reflecting on, on my day, not only in terms of looking at it through my mind, but also reflecting just uh, how grateful that I am. So I go through my, my gratitude exercise in terms of mentioning and repeating what I'm grateful for. Um, I also think about how exciting and, and actually envision the day from, from, from getting ready to going to breakfast uh, to one of my favorite parts of the day, taking the kids, getting the kids up and, and taking, getting them to school with my wife. And then, um, and then from there, I mean, so, so that's kind of my morning routine every day. And so, yeah. And so that goes pretty quickly and that that's pretty normal now. And um, it just sets up the day right on a positive note every day. That's right. Oh, thank you so much for the quick share. And that's awesome. So let's talk about your journey. I feel that, um, you know, we're both Vietnamese and we both have the same last name. So, you know, for a lot of, right. <laughs> for a lot so of this people. Is a, I, I hope we can call this a win-win situation. Yes, this is a win-win situation. <laughs> I think uh, for a lot of people, when they hear the Nguyen name, they already know that we are Vietnamese. It's a, a famous right. uh, last name. But talking about being Vietnamese um, and within the Vietnamese community, when I talk to a lot of uh, my friends who are not Vietnamese, I think the one thing that they do know a lot about our community is that we all have some sort of type of salons or in some sort of beauty business. And you, yourself, and your family are at the forefront of this industry for years and years, right? Um, can you share a little bit uh, of that story and of that journey for us all so that uh, you can even remind me because you shared this with me long ago, but love to listen. Yeah, I know. I'm, I'm, I'm very proud, first of all, now that I'm Vietnamese American. I couldn't have always said that at, 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 in my younger version of myself. I'm also very proud that we are um, we are leaders and we dominate the Vietnamese industry in America. Uh, here in California, we make up 80% of the ownership. Uh, America nationwide, we make up 50% of the ownership of nail salons nationwide. Um, it's a massive industry. It's now, um, by estimates, about a $13 billion industry in, in America. Uh, and so that's, that's quite an industry when it didn't really exist before the Vietnamese came here in 1975. Mm -hmm. So I think that's something to be proud of. Um, and, and so my journey is tied to not only being Vietnamese, but also the nails industry. And it started with my parents, right? My parents, uh, like many others uh, here in America, uh, fled Vietnam in 1975. I was still at the age of one. My mom was pregnant with my baby sister at the time. And we, we fled Vietnam at the end of the war. Um, we, we, um, we they came with nothing but the shirts on their back. So, uh, you know, without the language, without a connection, without a network, and without knowing what the future had in store, uh, just knowing that they had to um, 
somehow make it right for, for, for their children and provide their children a better life and opportunity. So um, we're the beneficiaries of that. Uh, we, we started out in Arkansas at one of the military bases in the U.S., uh, ended up in Santa Cruz, Northern California, where my sister was born, found our way down south to Los Angeles, where mom and dad worked odds and ends jobs. Um, dad, social work, mom uh, worked as a, in the salon. Mom was already doing this in Vietnam, by the way. So she already did hair and nails in Vietnam before, mainly hair. Uh, nails was at Vegan. And then she came here and she got to do it right away, uh, get, got her certifications and licensure, got to do it right away. My sister and I grew up um, at the salon. Mom, mom, mom worked at the salon. Dad um, worked a lot of jobs, janitor social work, social services, translator, and then eventually um, went back to, you know, even being a macho, what I would say a macho uh, Vietnamese first generation man who was a South Navy commander, he actually swallowed what I would say his pride and, and said, you know what, I've got all these English skills. I've, I've, I've gone to the, you know, South Vietnamese Navy. How come my wife, um, my, my wife, who's who doesn't have the English skills, but is out working in the salon, she's bringing home the bacon. She is hustling and she is making more money than I am here in the 70s. And we're just barely starting in this new country that we both don't know. He said, I need to swallow my pride and go to beauty college, even if it's a female dominated profession. I have, I, it's not about pride. It's not about my machismo. It's about practical um, living to make it work for for my children's future. So my dad actually went to beauty college as the only man in his class. I uh, went through the nails program in the, in, in the seventies and, and, and good for him. He, he went out and, uh, and owned and, and decided to go into a salon. He got good at it. Uh, he, he, he loved the creative side of it, but more, more so than the creative side of, 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 of the art of it in terms of doing the hair. He loved the, um, he loved the teaching side of it. He, he loved that we were making a difference in others. So, so, you know, fast forward, my mom and dad had their own salons for a few years. Then fast forward, um, they went all in in 1987. After 10 years of owning salons and running salons, they said, let's, let's sell it all and, and, uh, and go for it and, and open a school. You know, there's a need. There's a so they, my dad had a vision. He said, there's a Vietnamese community in Orange County that's growing. It's, uh, it's, it's going to be the large, you know, it looks like it's organized uh, at, and, and what's grown to today to become the largest Vietnamese community in the world, right? Mm -hmm. Outside of Vietnam. Yeah. And, and, and my dad said, we need to be there. Uh, we need to move there. We need to open a school there and we need to serve our community there. So, so because of that vision, they, they went all in and, and, and they went for it. And, uh, and, and because of that, they, to date, we've, uh, my sister and I, my parents have retired in 99. So for 21 years, Lynn, my sister Lynn and I have, have owned and operated the beauty colleges. We grew up in it. We've done every single job in it. We, we've taught in it. We've done every paperwork in it. We've answered every phone call in it. We've translated every document in it. So um, we're truly second generation Vietnamese Americans in this. And, and, and the most satisfying thing is um, our mission is to inspire, educate, and give back. And, and to hear the thousands and thousands and of stories that come back and say, this, because of this profession and because of the nails industry, all of, our all of the next generation children who get to be artists, who get to be professors, doctors, lawyers, who get to do anything that they want and have more options in their career, it's because of this profession. Yeah. So the nails profession, uh, in many eyes, get to be is the 
the mother of the professions to the Vietnamese community here in America. And, and we're proud to, to be a small part of that. That's, uh, that makes me proud. Uh, uh, and it makes me proud that the Vietnamese have written their story and, 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 and have made such an impact in an industry that, that was underserved. Yes. Oh, thank you so much for sharing that wonderful story. See, I didn't even hear all of those details. Your father really um, has some amazing characters, especially where you said he had to swallow his pride, which I know that's huge coming from that generation as well too, right? And to do something that everyone can look upon and say, well, uh, you know, you're in a salon, it's all female, but here you are. So he, he really dared to do something different. And uh, I see, so would you say you're very uh, similar to him as well too then? <laughs> in many ways uh, my dad and i are similar in some ways very different in others uh similar in that i do carry his name uh you know uh so so i have the name thumb tam in vietnamese means thumb and thumb means heart thus heart to heart so i love that um i carry my dad's um pride of our heritage uh, my dad was an oldest son in his family with two sisters. I'm an oldest son in my family with a sister. Uh, there's, uh, there's certain traditions that you carry on with a responsibility as a Vietnamese American man. Yeah. Um, there's, there's certain things that, but uh, I'm very different. Uh, when, when you think of the word Vietnamese American, my dad um, on the hyphen, he's on the Vietnamese side and I'm on the American side of it. <laughs> and, and because of the generational differences, my dad was, he was a tough first generation military Vietnamese man who had, who ruled with an iron fist. He was very strict. Uh, we're a Mac family, a family from the, with Northern roots. So very traditional, very proper. Uh, didn't allow um, my sister and I to get away with not, um, uh, not being a cordial, respectful, respecting the elders and, mm -hmm. and, and doing our part, uh, our part as, as responsible people and, and, and really understanding uh, the importance of hard work ethic, right, and 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 um and providing stability. So um, I'm very different. Uh, so those are some similarities. I would say I, I'm more different than my dad um, in many ways. Um, uh, being in America, I had many American mentors, and and I saw how family structure. I'm like, how can because our roles were very defined in our family. Dad was dad, mom was mom, and kids were kids. I mean, we weren't friends. I, I, I didn't dare talk to my, my sister and I didn't dare talk to them about our love life or who we're dating. That, 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 that just didn't happen, right? Until you got to finish school first, right? You just don't talk about, you talk about good grades in school, you don't really talk about other things. Yeah. And, uh, and when I, I noticed my American friends, especially my, um, uh, our neighbors and other friends, I'm like, gosh, they have a different relationship with their dad. It, it, it seems, it seems more friendly. And uh, mine seems very strict compared to that. And, and so um, I made a vow that um, once I have my own family and kids, that I need to find a better balance of, of, of not only understanding my role to discipline, and, and, but, but also to understand that my kids can, can hear I love you's from me and, and, and open up to me as a friend and, and, and trust me more than just friends their age you know yes. and so um so it's always a fine balance i feel like at times um because of um because of the life circumstances of my dad and myself i feel like i go overboard in, in being too friendly and too nice to my kids i'm like i'm being taken advantage of they're totally not disciplined they're totally not working hard they totally don't appreciate where we came from um you know they don't understand that you know mom and dad grew up with nothing right and uh, and and so um and so I am, I am afraid, my biggest challenge is I'm afraid 
of entitlement. I'm afraid that they don't appreciate. I'm afraid that they didn't know how hard grandma and grandma worked to, to, yeah. to you know, in the early days. I'm afraid they lose tradition and history and language, you know? So, yeah. so, so being a bridge generation, there's a lot of differences that I bring, but I do feel fortunate that I get to observe and feel the best of the Vietnamese Asian culture and the American Western culture to bring the best of both together. Yes. Well, since you already touched on the family, I, by the way, I have a lot of uh, questions I want to pick your brains on, but since you already talk about your family, let's, let's talk a little bit more because as we all know, you run beauty, um, your beauty college, but you're also a father of three and that's a lot, right? Uh, and then you mentioned about growing up with the Vietnamese traditions and then also looking at the Westerns um, traditions that are just very different, right? And trying to make, you know, mix and match those and trying to, I guess, uh, bring out the best of two worlds, right? So how has it been for you uh, juggling that aspect of being an entrepreneur, a businessman, a community leader, and being a father, perhaps um, challenges, but also lessons that you've learned or things that um, you can share with us about that journey? Yeah, no, first and foremost, um, you know, how lucky am I to be in a family business that I love, right? And, mm -hmm. and, that, um, and, and, and I want to make it clear, in family business, the word family comes first, and that's the priority. I don't want to, I wouldn't ever, if I had to sacrifice one, it's okay to start another business. It's not okay to start another family for me, right? And so I, I've really made that very clear. I've also um, defined my life in three, what I call three pillars or three circles. Uh, and, and the three that resonate with me most is family, work, and then community. Mm -hmm. So, so, um, so what I would say is I struggled with what was co what's called work life balance. Right. And, and cause it's always out of whack. Cause, um, like you said, being a father of three, uh, co-parenting with my wife, um, we're outnumbered now and, and parenting is no joke. That's probably, it is the most important and hardest job I have out of everything by far. Right. The parenting part, um, having kids is easy. Raising them to be great human beings is very hard. Right. And so, mm -hmm. Um, that, that, that part I'm very, I want to be very mindful of. So, so I would say because work life balance for me was always out of balance because of the, because we're so limited on time or energy. Um, I, 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 I discovered this concept and, and, and recalibrated it to what I call work life integration. Right. And so when I, I focused on work life integration, I actually looked for, I was very intentional about finding the overlap between family work and community and so i actually instead of two three isolated independent circles was finding more opportunity to um, overlap and where there's more overlap i was i was focusing more on the overlap and spending time there more and what that led to was what i would call the last part the third part is work-life harmony so 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 for me i've accepted that some weeks it's going to be all about family, like the next two weeks uh, mm -hmm. over the holidays. Some weeks, like the last two weeks, is all about work because we're ramping up end of the year. It's all about work. Family can take a sacrifice. Um, earlier in COVID, it was all about community. I'm going all in on community because my community needs me. All the nail salons, we got to donate to the healthcare and frontline workers. There's lives at risk that need our, our, our personal protective equipment that we need to get to. So there's an 
there's an understanding those times where where you focus all in but then uh, most of the time i'm very intentional about creating more where what gives me most harmony most, most joy and i found my happy place is where all three overlap and connect and i found many um because i've been intentional about that i would say this past decade has been the happiest decade of my life because uh, I get to do more with my wife and three kids. I get to do more with my family business and I get to do more with the community where all three overlap. So, so I've been involved in so many activities, functions, events, and uh, purposes that, that, that integrate all three. Oh, that's amazing. But what you said right there is having that intention. So you have to set that intention and know clearly what those pillars are so that you are aware of how they all can be integrated. Thank you so much. That was a lot of wisdom and a lot of, you know, deep uh, knowledge that you're, you're sharing with us as well. Because as a mom of two and an entrepreneur, I totally understand um, and co-parenting with my husband, right? And I'm, yeah. you know, like I, and then I see families that are doing it where they're single parents you know, out there. And I have to give them a lot of props because I can see. Absolutely. And then we have grandparents that are coming in. Yes. So you, it's like, well, yes. it takes a village to raise a child, right? It sure <laughs> so, does. It yeah, sure does. A lot. Uh, and I totally agree with you. Being a parent is one of, I find the most challenging but rewarding job that i was given and the day that i was able to become a mom totally changed my world and give me a lot more clarity so i do have to thank our children for that right i i, I would be remiss if i didn't add this though um it takes partners and trusted partners in life and 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 knowing that i am your first male guest on this show i want a big shout out to the women in my life and and uh, i know how passionate you are about women empowerment yeah. and i would say i've been empowered by the great women in my life and so in family i'm empowered by my incredible wife who, who's the ceo of our house and the kids i'm empowered by my family business advanced beauty college who i co-own with my sister lynn who's amazing a, a talented and amazing and then um in the community whatever organization that i'm in i have an amazing amazing co-lead with it um and and you met me at the vietnamese chamber of commerce the two uh my right hand and my left hand were gia lee and tracy fam our external vp and internal vp and they ran the they ran the chamber and 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 so i got to benefit and i got to trust uh, respected members of the community so i've always and i continue to have incredible women in my life that uh that um that have made um everything um have have provided balance have provided support have provided empathy and love right and so i i want to give a shout out to the women in our lives and especially as a man who who's very intentional about that and very appreciative about that um, a lot of times generationally um, because um because of the first generation uh, many of the women don't get the opportunities uh that uh, to shine and and don't get a seat at the table or or, or it's not intentional about creating inclusion uh, and, and i think that's very important to do Yes. Well, thank you so much, Anna, Tam. On behalf of all the female that I know, yes, thank you so much for acknowledging that and sharing that. And I do uh, see that as with my husband as well and the second generation, I, I do see a, a shift in a lot of my male friends who are very supportive and respected and encouraging of their female partner to shine versus I know back then it's more of like take a back seat. 
um, position yep. where the, the male is more out there to shine because they're the one that are bringing home the bacon or they're the one out there in the community and working. Uh, but I think since um, now that we have a lot of uh, males that acknowledge this and respect this, it, it's wonderful to be able to see because I do truly believe that there are different strengths and weaknesses and different capabilities as a male or as a female that we can come together and work together and you know, make the most of what we have, right? Because I know as female, I, I talk about this with my husband, we, we, we share our emotions a lot and we talk a lot about those things and that as a male, they're all about, let's take action, let's talk, more action. <laughs> but sometimes you need the talk, right? <laughs> you need the sharing. <laughs> yes. both, are very, both are very important. The partnership is key. Both yes. are very important. Yes, for sure. So now, um, for all the entrepreneurs that are watching today, I'm, I'm sure the path of, you know, even taking over a family business, but to grow it and continue to innovate and continue to take it to another level where it becomes a legacy, that's something that's not easy to do. So I hope that maybe you can go back a little bit uh, in terms of your business and the lessons that you've learned just to share about what does that really look like in some of the lessons that you've learned because I've seen where it's difficult for certain family members to be even take over. It's kind of like, you know, it's, it's tough and they just kind of give up on that because the old ways are done a certain way and for them to change, it, it's, it's too much. Uh, it's sometimes easier to start new, but with you, you were able to take over your family business, but innovate and grow it. And uh, so please share, share us that. Yeah, no, thank you. This is, uh, this is uh, something I'm very passionate about. Um, statistics show that only 30% of family uh, businesses make it to the second generation and only 3% make it to the third generation. Uh, very few family businesses uh, go through a succession plan. And, and, and many, um, and for me, Lynn and I, we, we both had different paths, but now we come together to be in a family business that we enjoy and we want to, and we grow. Our family business is run very differently from us than than our parents and and i what i do is i want to thank not only my parents and advisors but thank them for cutting the umbilical cord and stepping away and giving full reign to me and lynn that was that was important uh and that was what, what was very attractive to lynn and i uh, lynn and i also joined for the center for family business we found some great mentors uh so great mentors from other industries and within our industry so other industries included like in and out in and out is our favorite chain and that's a family business third generation mm -hmm. it's um we've also met other great family businesses throughout there's about um 60 to 100 family businesses in the center that we get to learn from uh they all happen to be american we were the only asian american vietnamese american yeah. business in there um so we, we learned a lot from american businesses we also joined the american association of cosmetology schools where um that represents cosmetology schools throughout throughout North America. And we're able to actually learn from other families as well and how they, what things they did right that they were sharing and, and what things didn't work. Mm. Um, Lynn and I believed going back that it was important that we had systems. It was important that we put our MBAs to work within our, 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 our business. Mm. It was important that we looked at our business, um, with a business analytical perspective and, and from multi perspective, 
it was important that we we're innovative in it. We could, knowing that what mom and dad did for the first 10, 20 years wasn't what we wanted to do for the next 10 to 20 years. It wouldn't have worked. If we stayed the same, we would have died, right? We yeah. would have went out of business. Uh, we, we knew we had to innovate. We knew we had to change. And we knew, um, we knew also very importantly that this whole concept of, of, of people, so we wanted to make it clear we weren't just in the beauty business we weren't just in the school business but we're in the people business mm -hmm. and it was all about the people and so we actually made hires outside family members based on based on their talents and based on gaps after doing a 360 knowing where our family had gaps we created other business leaders and joined who joined our team and joined and today are part of our leadership team uh we also um we are also very hungry about learning, right? And so we, we flew all over the country to visit the top beauty colleges. Uh, we, we were active in, in chambers of commerces. Um, and so because of that, we, we got to define our roles very clearly. And then we also got to expand. So saying that we got to be, um, we also learned about this concept of, 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 of the evolution of a business, right? Through, through the individuals. And, and one evolution we learned early on that was very helpful is, okay, phase one, entrepreneur, hustle, mom and dad. Phase two, you're the business, you're the operator. So you're operating, you're the entrepreneur who's operating, who have no sense of, 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 of balance. You're just all in and trying to figure it out and make it work. And then you evolve into a business owner where you're finally starting to hire employees and you're not doing everything, right? And it's not bootstrapped anymore. It's finally got some, 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 some wind beneath it and, and it's moving, right? And, and you want to get through those first three to five years. We, we all know that the number of businesses that fail within the first three to five years is very high. So you want to get through that phase and over the hump. And then, of course, eventually into the investor role where we're actually investing into the real estate, into the buildings, into the equipment, into high level status executives that are replacing ourselves now. And then, um, you know, starting just hiring people to open and close the business, you know, I mean, that was something we took on for most of our, 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 our family, you know, just the beginning, uh, the whole beginning phases of the business. So, so, and then hiring very good professional, um, a strategic advisor when it comes to accounting and taxes, a strategic um, uh, business advisor, right? And having a business coach, something, a concept my mom and dad never got to uh, enjoy, right? Um, bringing in um, other strategic people from a financial perspective, from a legal perspective, from a business growth perspective. So we, we got to arm ourselves with a lot of consultants, a lot of amazing people around us. So we built like our own dream team, right? And, and we built a board. We got to build an advisory board of all the brands we respected, people who were retired out of franchising, people who retired out of building American box top brand names um, and that, that came in, in, in advice. So, so Lynn and I were very fortunate. We, we leaned very heavily on our university where we got our business degrees at Cal State Fullerton. Um, many of the professors, many of the Center for Leadership, Center for Family Business, many of the executives and alumni, um, they, when you ask, they want to help. They want to help uh, a fellow Titan and they want to help, uh, they want to help, especially an, an immigrant refugee family who wants to work hard and make it in America. They want to help. And so, so we, we've had a lot of help along the way uh, from day one. Um, and, uh, and I value that. That's amazing. Wow. You, you share quite a bit there and uh, definitely, yes, the statistic doesn't look good at all for any entrepreneur trying to make it in the first five years. Right. But 
uh, with hard work and creating a system, as you mentioned. And I think that I think a lot of the time I find with family business is that you just don't trust anyone else besides family. Hence, it's called family business. But I think when you create a system that allow for accountability, allow for transparency, you then can able to assemble this amazing team and be able to know that it's not just you blindly test or trusting um, the team, but it's creating all the systems that's already in place and taking it to the next level. Thank you so much for sharing that. Now, you mentioned that you reach out to your alma mater where you got your MBA, uh, which leads me to the next question from what I've been seeing on your Facebook lately is you have been um, filled with so much joy teaching, teaching back. Yes. Uh, so is that like an actual program you're teaching, a mentorship program? Can you tell me a little bit more about that, uh, that journey? Was that like in the last couple of years? Yeah, no. They, um... You know, at the end of the day, our, our family is passionate about making a difference and, 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 and helping others. And, and teaching is now, even though we started on our business journey to open this private beauty college, um, at the end of the day, my parents were teachers. They found the most joy in teaching. And, 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 and the role that they played the most was teaching when they were in there. And they were teaching to help the community. They just went out and helped. They saw the need. There's so many Vietnamese refugees and immigrants. And they taught. They taught nails. They taught hair. And they taught skin care. And it was, it was amazing. Um, Lynn and I got to be a second generation of teachers. And Lynn did the same thing. She taught before me. And she today still teaches. And she's been teaching over 20 years. I'm so proud of her. Um, and, and, and I got to teach. I got to teach um, when we launched our massage therapy program. Got to teach that program. Um, more recently, as we um, were members and active members of our alma mater at the Center for Family Business, uh, one of our mentors was an instructor. Uh, she, Dr. Joanne Norton was the teacher and one of the experts in America and the world when it comes to family business. Dr. Joanne Norton was not only a professor at Cal State Fullerton teaching a course, a management an upper division management course to seniors um, called Family Business Dynamics. But she also taught at Stanford and she taught around the country and she guest lectured at many of the top uh, institutions around the world. And, and it was interesting as she thought about her succession plan, she thought about how, how it would be great to maybe find a practitioner uh, and, and someone who's in the trenches, who, someone who's an actual second generation family business owner who who, uh, who's still in the operations, who could share real stories, who could share real challenges, who can really connect to the students, the university students. And mm -hmm. so her course, Management 335, she reached out to me uh, as a member and, and said, you're, you're passionate about teaching. Uh, you're, you're coming from a family of teachers. You're passionate about your family business, Advanced Beauty College. And uh, five years ago, she said, I have a proposal. Um, I would love to mentor you to take over this class and teach a course at the university that you attended. And I was like, wow, I'm only, you know, um, I don't know if I'm ready. I, I was thinking I'd do that in my retirement or closer to retirement, or maybe when I'm a little bit more wiser and hopefully, you know, uh, you know, I might be, I might be mistaken for students going in, right? which I have been, right? And so, so um, she, um, she mentored me through it and, and, and she, she walked my hand through it. Dr. Norton said, you're gonna be great. You're gonna connect with the students. And she gave me the playbook. She shared with me. She returned as a guest speaker and guest professor. And so she fulfilled one of my dreams to become a, uh, 
a professor part-time and join the faculty at my alma mater where I went to school, right? And so, and, and that university is great because I connect, I relate deeply with the students. I mean, it's got over 2,000 Vietnamese American students. It's got over 40,000 uh, university students. It's one of the largest universities in California in the country in terms of student body. It's very diverse. Uh, I feel deeply connected to it. It's the closest university to Little Saigon in, in Orange County. Um, mm -hmm. I have so many wonderful memories of it from business school. So, gosh, it, it, was, it was an opportunity that fell in my lap. And, and I've been doing it for five years now. And I love it. I love it. And uh, there's just something special about um, not only mentoring, but teaching in a classroom and, and, and connecting with 33 students uh, each year, you know, and, 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 and and have them be passionate about their family businesses when they come in and they struggle and they don't know if they're gonna go into the business that their mom and dad created because gosh, it's too complicated, right? And, and so I get to share, I get to share uh, what um, my challenges were and, and how we overcame some of them and, and, and how we didn't overcome some of them and how we're still trying to figure some things out. And, 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 then, and then we have this whole center for family business to lean on and we get to learn from the, from the in and outs of the world, from the, from the top, top uh, uh, family businesses in the world. And, 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 and how cool is that to be part of a larger network and, and to learn. And, and so, so I enjoy it deeply. It still brings, it still today brings a lot of joy and pride to me uh, as much as I love entrepreneurship, business, being a parent, being a husband, being in the community. Um, doing one thing all the time, every day is not fun for me and, yeah. and having, and doing things that, that change it up or, you know, having one day, three hours in the classroom a week, jumping back into my business, some days putting out fires, some days doing a strategic plan, um, you know, serving on different nonprofit boards that are impacting our community and our industry. Those bring a lot of joy to me. So it makes it fun. Yes. Oh, my goodness. Well, that's amazing uh, that you're able to now go back and really impart your wisdom and what you've learned and as you're still learning. Right. Because you're I'm absolutely still. Learning. I learn more from them than they do from me. Trust me. They're teaching me all about social media. They're teaching me about the new lingo. I am. I I'm kind of I feel outdated. You know, I'm telling them like I, I remember when I just had, you know, before emails and stuff, I feel like outdated. They're like. They're 25 years younger than me, and I, I, I'm learning a lot from them. Yeah. <laughs> they keep me young. Because back then, we used to connect through email. Now it's all social media. <laughs> that's right. That's right. If I'm not messaging them through social media, I'm, I'm a little bit out, outdated. So <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. But you know, you also, um, and I think you mentioned that how you love to teach. And I think this is also something I actually have been doing a lot of, um, having a lot of conversations about uh, personal purpose. And just having that personal purpose and i think for me from what i'm hearing from you is being able to teach also is your own personal purpose yes there's this big uh, company college that you have there's a bigger family but to be able to do something that fulfills yourself also nourishes your soul as well too right and because of that you're alive and when you're teaching and when you're serving other people um they can feel that and then you're making a difference so i'm so glad yeah, i'm definitely passionate about it i don't see myself as a teacher funny enough i see myself more of a of a facilitator as a coach yeah. and 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 that's and then and, and i just feel like i'm there to learn right because i bring in so many guest speakers i flip the classroom we don't have any midterms or finals it's totally like case study based it's all mm -hmm. on real businesses so it's it, it feels more like a workshop that i'm doing rather than a, a true class so so i've kind of flipped the the script 
Yes. So, so then the coach then, yes, you're sharing through being yes. more yes. Yes, like what you said, where you're bringing in, because you believe in that, because that's what you've done in your own uh, business. That's it. That's how, I love the fact that's that right. you're always making sure you're building on from that network because we, do, we don't know everything, right? And we need to get out Absolutely. and, and uh, help. Um, so that actually, you know, normally I set it around about 30 to 45 minutes of our heart-to-heart conversation just to respect your time and just to respect everyone's time that's watching us. But there's just so many more questions I want to ask you. Hopefully, maybe I'll just invite you back for another conversation. Uh, but you know what? You share so much uh, gold and nuggets and so much wisdom already that I'm sure when I rewatch this, I will be taking notes and I will definitely um, apply some of that into my own life as well, too. Too. But before I let you go, um, I do want to ask you, you um, uh, something that's very quick is that I'm sure besides all the mentors that you've learned, I know that as I listen to a lot of the leaders out there, they're constantly, um, besides the mentors they meet, they're always reading and they're always reading something that can empower their life or their business. Uh, has there been a book this year that you read that you felt that was, a, you know, has made a profound impact in your life that maybe you can share with the rest of us? So, so, uh, so just to be um, completely transparent, I don't <laughs> like reading. Gosh, I read, I read so much. I read so many textbooks throughout my life and I read so much. I'm not a reader. I'm a terrible entrepreneur when it comes to reading. But what I do like is I like connecting with mentors who are well-read and have experience. So what I do is I always get the Cliff Notes version. And, oh. I, always, and I always spend more time hosting little coffee breaks and, 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 and conversations. So I actually learn directly from my mentors. Uh, and many of them are very well-read. I have to say, I, I don't have a book that I finished cover to cover this year. I did, um, I did connect with a lot of my mentors this year. I've Zoomed more this year than any year in my life. Uh, I've had deep conversations more than at any time in my life. And, uh, and, and for me, it's a collective. Um, so, so there's not one book that I could share, but I could share like, um, it, it's just little nuggets, right? It's little nuggets. And, and I, I could share that I learned, I could share one thing. I didn't learn most of my um, things in terms of that through books, I actually learned through them through mentors. And I've, I, what I don't enjoy reading, I do enjoy having coffee and enjoy connecting with people. So a vast majority of what I've, uh, I've been through is instead of reading a book for three hours, I love going, having coffee and picking a brain for three hours. And, 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 and from that, I'm very intentional about those that have strong character and focus, I make it a follow-up attempt to, tr to meet them again and to find ways to add value to them. And even yeah. if they're my mentor, even if they're older than me, I'm always looking for a way to add value to them and asking what's important to them. Even if I can't add to their business career, if I can add to their, um, to their charity, if I can add to their personal life, if I can carry their briefcase, if I can introduce them to a great Vietnamese meal or yeah. introduce them to a new culture, I'm all about that. So, so I, I would say, uh, in all honesty, I spend so much time out of the books because I went through so many textbooks in my life that, that I burned out from books in general. But I love, love um, getting golden nuggets from human interaction. And I found that that's how I connect and learn deeply. And so I've gone all in on that. And so I spend tremendous time with 
a large number of mentors and a large number of organizations where I just continue to gain knowledge from. Oh, thank you so much. And by the way, this is why I love these type of conversation is that you're giving me the real talk. <laughs> thank you so much for really being transparent. The fact that yes, you're right. There are lots of amazing books out there if you enjoy, but I do know a lot of my friends who hate reading books as well too. And thank you for reminding that. But what you pointed out there is so key is just because you're not reading doesn't mean you're not absorbing the knowledge in another channel in another way. And your way is connecting with these mentors and just um, making sure you're also adding value to them, right? Absolutely. Because it's not just a one way, right? figuring how um, that's a golden nugget I just took there is how do we connect with mentors and making sure it's valuable for them so that they Absolutely. can also give us the value that they have as well too. And if they have been reading a lot, it's all in there and they're resharing with you. Remind me again to continue to book more of those coffee chats. Now it's going to be on Zoom calls, of course. <laughs> As, uh, as I am doing right now, which is part of the reason why I love these heart-to-heart conversations is because I get to also learn as a lot of you are also my mentors and teachers as well too. Um, so with that, everyone, I just wanna say, uh, first off, thank you, Mr. Tam Nguyen for coming on here and uh, sharing so candidly. You are so funny and so real, love it, so awesome. Uh, and thank you everyone else for joining in for another episode of heart to heart with my and uh, i know it's a holiday season so i'm sure everyone's really busy but make sure you take some time for yourself uh, and spend a lot of quality time with your family and enjoy Once again, thank you for tuning in. Hope you enjoyed that conversation. It was done as a live on my Facebook page, My The Mindful Hustler. You can definitely watch it there and follow me for weekly live every Friday at 5 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Now, here's my top three uh, tips or lessons that I took away. Uh, let me know what you think. So the first one I find is that whether it's a family business or something that you've launched, um, it's key to focus on eventually creating that dream team so that you're not just working in your business, but you're also working on your business. Definitely this year, I will be working on creating that dream team for myself as well. And second, as an entrepreneur, we need to continue to learn. And learning doesn't always come from the classroom or books, but often it's about connecting with real-life mentor and coaches, uh, especially those who have been there and are doing the things that you're trying to do. Be intentional about who you want to learn from and reach out to them. Uh, find ways to add value to their life as a way to show your appreciation for their time mentoring you. And third is to create a work-life balance or what Tam mentioned, harmony, it's important to find ways to integrate your family, work, and community together and find those opportunities where you can contribute your energy and time to all three at the same time, if possible. So this way you don't feel like you are divided into so many isolated silos and are divided into so many different directions. You can combine them all and integrate them all. It's important that no matter what we do, we do not forget 
the people who we are doing it for, which is often our family, which means we need to also spend our time and energy on them as well. So those are my three top learnings uh, from that conversation. And as I mentioned earlier, I also have a special announcement to make. First of all, today is December 25th. It is Christmas Day. So Merry Christmas to everyone that's celebrating Christmas. Thank you for going on this journey with me so far. I'm so grateful for your uh, support, your time, uh, listening and giving feedback. Why I've been doing the Facebook Live and of course also recording for these podcasts. I've also taken it upon myself to launch my own YouTube channel called My the Mindful Hustler. I launched it with just a couple of videos, but in 2021, especially starting in January, I plan to share all of my live series and I plan to create highlights of them, especially for those of you guys who just want kind of the cold notes to all of these interviews. I will also be doing a lot of book reviews as I know that many of you guys uh, want to read more, but perhaps instead of spending all that time reading, you probably want to know what this book is really about. Is it kind of worth your time to read the books? I'll be sharing that as well as as tips and lessons I've learned from being a mindful hustler, uh, where the path to live the life I want to live may be filled with many different challenges and of course self-doubts but no matter what I'm always ready to make the most of it and these are lessons that I've learned from spending thousands and thousands of hours reading talking to mentors and coaches spending thousands of dollars taking courses and most important taking real action that I had to learn the hard way from so If you can, go to YouTube and look for My The Mindful Hustler. I will also provide the link in the show note for this episode. uh, So you can go to YouTube and support me by subscribing to my channel to get the latest video updates. Once again, thank you and wishing you the best of 2020. Just a couple more days. But May 2021 bring you much health and success. All right, see you in the next episode.